Hey guys, welcome back to the last episode of season two with Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. So we went live again this week for the second time on Instagram discussing whether this new normal has made us become more sustainable and less dependable on others. We will be back in about four weeks. So just to let you guys know this current episode is unedited from our lives. It's just Kim and I in the raw. Happy listening. Hello, hello, everyone that is joining. Um, I'm actually going to do a podcast recording live here on Instagram. So I'm waiting on Joanne to join. So for those of you who don't know, I think you know me if you're joining my Instagram live. I'm Kim. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. Hi, Abby. Abby's my baby cousin, Easy Beth. Um, I'm actually going to do a live recording of my podcast and I'm waiting on my co-host, Joanne. Oh, there she goes. Hey, Joanne. I sent you an invite. Okay. Joanne should be popping up any minute now. Hi. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I think most of my face is on. <laughs> Hi, guys. Wondering what we're doing. We're actually going to record our podcast, and it will be the last podcast recording for season two. And yeah. the reason, can you tell them the reason why we're deciding to do that? What, to end it now? Yeah. COVID? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like taking over everything, and we really are not going to compete with the Rona. We're not going to do that. We can't. We, we can't. No so, choice but to do what it wants us to do, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So we're just going to get started. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. And today, we will be speaking about how the coronavirus has made you more self-sufficient and yes. self-sufficiency is an important topic yes totally in agreement with that we have had to make a lot of changes in our lives in the last month and a half i guess i would say and self-sufficiency has been one of them we're trying to become self-sufficient exactly one of them so we want to talk about that and some other stuff today you know, it's been it's been crazy, um, you know, for me and trying to become self-sufficient. Um, you know, we're both from the islands, Kim and I, as you guys know. So we're used to some kind of self-sufficiency in life, especially growing up the way we did and whatnot. But I think we've gotten used to the dependency of things being instantly available, going to the grocery stores, having toilet paper and whatever it is that we need be available actually yesterday i was reading in the news that um we're now in the hair dye phase of things the, the hair dye like hair coloring and i was like what what are you talking about so that's going off the shelves because now it's about that time when people need their their, their touch-ups you know, their, their touch from their regrowth or whatnot so that stuff is flying through the shelves right now according to the news article i was reading yeah, and you know, I said so. you say that because I think it was on Friday. I was on my um, Instagram story, and just for some reason, like Taraji pulled up on my timeline, uh -huh. and she said, oh, guys, look at my hair! I just dyed it. I did it by myself, and I was like, well, she did pretty good. And then like Tracy Ellis Ross today popped up in my timeline, and she was just showing 
her grays and I was like, well, you know, it's real. It is right. Real. Even the men, like they were showing like um uh who was it, Deion Sanders. There were some other people. I think um Diddy, they all were wearing their gray beard. Nobody is Mm-hmm. You know, using whatever it is that they use to touch up. Everybody's going on natural. Yeah, and I think I think that's good. I think that everyone's trying to be real, especially during this. It's a crisis. Is it a crisis? Can I say crisis, guys? Yeah. Would you be mad categorize it? Yes, for sure. I would definitely what? categorize it. The minute they called it a pandemic, it became right. being crisis. Okay. So. <laughs> everyone's real during this time. You know, I have. Right. Some- that everyone's being vulnerable everyone's being real and i think the job of you know you and myself joanne as dietitians as nutrition experts is to bring our expertise of food nutrition wellness on this platform right i want to start off with questions guys i always have some questions i always have some questions and please comment to the questions like if you have responses we want to know what y'all are doing also Right. Hey, Anna. Thank you for hopping on. Hi. <laughs> so the first question that I have, and we'll be asking each other these questions. I'm not going to try to memorize it, guys. I just woke up from a power nap. <laughs> yes, power nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My first question is, Joanne, how has the new normal changed what you think about sustainability? Um, We're not as sustainable as I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. So I think I started hearing about Corona maybe January, late to mid-January. And you saw everything that was going on in China. And in my mind, I'm like, man, this sounds like another SARS, another H1N1. But thank God we are in the United States of America. Uh This is not going to affect us, nor is it going to dismember our system. We are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that overnight, things would make such a rapid change. So we were right. so comfortable. I was so comfortable living in a first world country and being, um, you know, not afraid of whatever was going on in China affecting us. And then here we are, you know, two, three months later, and as sustained as I thought we were, we're right. not. Exactly. Not. Um, you know, especially our health care system the infrastructure of our healthcare system, it's been revealed that like it's revealed itself to not be as strong as we thought being in a first world country um, when situations as, as this would occur, like we didn't have anything in place. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, those kind of things, it opens your eyes up to like, wow, like you, you no one is untouchable. Anybody mm-hmm. who thinks like, you know, I'm untouchable, I got money, or I live in a first world country, no one is untouchable. And this is what I think this is this is showing us. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, there's there's pros and then there's cons to the whole coronavirus. Now guys, bear with me. Let me tell you my pros before you guys stone me. Hand. <laughs> so my pros are number one the streets are empty right there are no cars and thinking about it from an environmental perspective um i think i was reading somewhere i don't know if it was the entire nation or if it just was the the east or if it just was new york i don't know but it said that gas emissions are down 30 percent, which i'm like yay that's really really good i read that 
But, but now, when it comes to sustainability as it relates to healthcare, masks, you, you can't find those. My hospital's telling me that I have to reuse the same mask for a week. Yeah. It's making me think, do I need to, you know, call my mom and say, hey, mommy, you need to sew up this because my mom can sew, y'all. Sew up this mask for me. Do I need to take measures into my own hands? Because as you said, the healthcare system is, it's, it's I don't want to say failing, but I'm going to say failing for lack of better words. It seems to be failing right. us. Um, when I think about it from a social perspective, related to the healthcare system as well, I'm saying to myself, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna do what they're saying. I'm gonna wash my hands. I'm gonna social distance. But at the same time, I'm, me personally, it's my culture. I'm gonna take some herbs. I'm gonna take some things in my culture that we do to boost our immune system. I'm gonna yeah. do that because health is in my hand. I don't right. know how you know my genetic makeup is with the whole entire coronavirus i'm going to end up intubated so i'm trying to do things on my end to right. my oh, right. and i want to see in the comment section what do you guys feel about it how has the and, and i will say this i was trying to bring this thing down so that you guys can see me a little bit better but maybe not i, I will say this to be piggyback of what you just said in regards to the um the health system, you know, the, I, I do agree with you. The health system has is failing, and it's n not to any um, thing that the people who make up the healthcare system has done. It's not right. to, it's not because of the doctors, it's not because right. of the nurses, it's not because of anyone, the dietitians, or you know, the the therapy departments and whatnot. It's nothing that anyone who's within the healthcare system has done. It's just the way it was designed. Um, you know, there was nothing to to support any situations such as this. Exactly. And I know Heba said it's broken. Herb said the healthcare system, the health system in the United States is broken, in her opinion. And Heba is actually that's mm -hmm. working at a COVID hospital. So Heba is seeing this thing like firsthand. And food fuel said fruits and vegetables, baby. Yes. <laughs> fruits and vegetables. Fister says, I agree all the way with take the herbs eating better from natural foods. Right, right. Um, so I think, you know, everyone is coming to this realization that we need to be a little more, more proactive and stop relying on trusted systems, which are going to fail us in the end. Because I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I was so surprised to see how quickly these stores are running out of bread, how quickly, you know, they're running out of water. I know right. the grocery store I shop at, it's limiting one case of water per person. And now, like, my hospital is starting to sell produce to the general public. Wow. Yeah. Do they have a farm? Pardon? Do they have, like, a, a hospital farm? Like, a hospital garden, I mean? Nope. No? Drop shipment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would say to you to tell your mom to make you that mask, girl. Because you, you can't. <laughs> um... The thrill already says, I agree, Kim. I wouldn't tell my clients that lemon and ginger or honey will cure, protect them. Not at all. But I certainly started eating more micronutrient foods. I have access to those. This yes. is true. That is true. It's true. Um, secondly, second question is, 
how has the coronavirus shaped your actions? Because I mean, we can speak all day about, yeah, it's doing this and sustainability, but I know you've told me you've been doing some things, which I feel like uh, I need to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I have. So let me tell y'all that myself and my husband are two totally different people. I'm the, the preparer, the, okay, this is trending towards this, so I need to make moves. My husband is like, very he's always been a nonchalant person so not only is he nonchalant in the situation but he's like listen we're fighting a blind uh we're finding fighting blindly like we don't know what we're fighting if it is what it's gonna be it is what it's gonna be i can't do anything about it that's his thing like if somebody were to come in front of him to try to attack him then he'll react but because he's like corona is um a, a virus you can't see it you don't know who has it i'm just gonna live my life and i'm the prepper so i've been the one that's like okay i feel like this is trending towards are we going to be able to sustain ourselves with food because again we have essential workers truck drivers who are driving back and forth who are bringing food to the grocery stores um so that is still occurring but if things don't start going down and people start um, contracting the virus more and more, these essential workers are at risk for contracting the disease, the virus, and not be able to bring food to where, where it needs to be. Farmers who are harvesting the produce and whatnot um, to bring to the groceries, to bring to the factories, to get to the grocery stores, same thing with them. So because of that, there's something, you know, I've been forever in a day trying to get this garden together in my house. And y'all know I grew up with my parents being great gardeners, like I grew up with, um, like my whole backyard, I had a pretty big backyard in Orlando, you know, Florida got big spacious land and whatnot. So we had sugar cane, we had tubers, you know, we had yams, potatoes, avocados, peas. Um, we had all kinds of herbs. I told y'all like whenever I felt certain <clears throat> or cramps right. or whatnot my dad would go in the backyard grab some leaves and brew, brew it up and i so wish you know I, I just wish i had paid attention or listened to the things that he he was saying when he was trying to teach me about them and i would just be like dude this is like so old school but i'm gonna take it but i don't really need to learn this stuff because i have modern medicine why do i need to learn this stuff that's what i used to say and i wish i would have learned it because i would have the tooth to you know, to work from. I have the knowledge of modern medicine and the modern, um, the knowledge of the old school stuff. So I picked up on some things, but as knowledgeable as he was, I am not that. And nor do I have the green thumb that they did. So I've, I've, I've created a garden before or like a little, little small amount of herbs and them things died. So now I'm trying to really do a garden to, to have stuff, you know, that I can depend on. Um, and my right. family can depend on, and my husband, he's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen this before and the results were not good. So I'm trying, I'm trying. So I got together, um, you know, I went to Home Depot a few weeks ago and I got my soil because, you know, this is Georgia and we got Georgia clay. So I got Georgia mm -hmm. clay to work with. So I got, you know, some bell peppers. I got um some herbs some seedlings which are like you know the plants that are already in the pot so they've already grown a little bit and then i got seeds right. themselves and then i'm trying to seed my own stuff so i'm trying to seed some eggplants i'm i've been youtubing like crazy 
I've been, I'm trying to seed some eggplants. I'm trying to seed um, some lemons. The eggplants are not working too well for me, right? So the weather is not working with me because eggplants, they seed in an environment that's really warm. And it's been really? raining like today. It's really horrible. Mm -hmm. So I've got, I've got a little stuff together. I got carrots. I got onions. I got garlic. I got oregano. I got thyme. Basically all the stuff that, a lot of the stuff, not all, but a lot of the stuff that I know that our family loves to eat and could potentially survive on if we couldn't get it, you know, every week that we go, you know, shopping for stuff or whatnot. So I, I'm starting to get something together. Um, nice. Girl, you better sound like me. You are way better than me, for real. Cause I mean, I really haven't started anything. I'm here relying on my parents' garden. Uh, my dad across the street from him, he has like, I think it's, it's like five lots of empty land. So he just like planted up like two lots and like he has sugar cane, he has, pineapple he has peas he has um all types of fruits and vegetables so i'm just like Ugh, i need to get on it too but you know i wanted to backtrack someone asked a very good question it was food fuel they said healthcare question how is covid19 affecting your bedside manner if at all so i know joanne you work from home now I work from home. I, I, um, you know, before I was consulting, I would go consult at facilities once or twice a week, but now I'm pretty much doing remote consultations. I do meetings on the phone. I assess my residents um, on the phone and I'm uh, not on the phone online. And I have, um, you know, contact with the nurses there, the dietary manager who's there to be able to get any information that I may need because I mean, I was consulting in long-term care and they are the ones who are at high risk um, or at highest risk, I would say. And so we were there, the, you know, the facilities are trying to limit folks who don't need to be there to, mm -hmm. you know, to have contact with the residents. So for me, I haven't, thank God, you know, I have kids too. And I, that was one of the things I was fearful about is bringing this back home to my family. So I've been blessed enough to be able to do this remotely and not have to go um into the building but you kim you have a different story ah y'all know what well, i don't think you guys know but you knew when Tanya knew and AI that i was on quarantine but now test is neg test tests are negative i'm back at the hospital and my bedside manner um uh, i guess i'm a little more straightforward with my patients you know you try to be cordial try to be nice but you know if they start coughing ooh, you know, <laughs> quick for the patients that do have the COVID-19 um, virus, I do not enter the rooms whatsoever. I strictly call them um, okay. and, you know, knock on some wood. I have not had anyone that's been intubated because guys, when they get intubated, goodness. And then, you know, there's like a whole formula shortage too that I'm battling. So really, um, there is. There for enteral feeds or oral? Enteral feeds. Oh, no. Enteral feeds. There's a whole formula shortage. You can't get, well, because I use Abbott at my hospital, you can't okay. get Pivot, you can't get Vital, which are kind of like immune modulating formulas. Right. Yes, food fuel. There's a whole formula shortage. And 
I'm in Central Florida. I'm not even in South Florida. Like this thing hasn't even really hit us yet. And I mean, I've been on back order for maybe three weeks now. Cause yeah, when I was working from home, I was still ordering and I've been on back order. And wow. I hear there's like um, kangaroo back shortages and tube tubing shortages as well. Wow. And it's yeah and that's why like this whole entire sustainability thing like pops in my head so i'm like you know what i'm gravity feeding everybody because i mean if i can't find you gotta do what you gotta do yeah everyone's getting trophic feeding we're trickling 20 20 right right feeding everybody because you have to get i mean you do i mean thank god i haven't seen any of that in georgia with my two feeders i've pretty i've been really um been able to feed them whatever I'm, i'm i'm prescribing um, girl, you, y'all may have to go old school with this and start trying to figure out wh- which, which, um, food food y'all about to blend up, <laughs> right? The blenderized feedings for real, for real. Oh, Reese um, said, like, she said she and her husband had started a garden. How's it going though? Y'all doing good? So did, um, I, I feel like I'm not Fitzters. Am I pronouncing that right? Fitzters. She said... <laughs> Uh, she said she's tried or I don't even know if it's a her they said I've tried but all I can say is boy the only thing that stayed for me is my sage I've had that happen where only one thing stayed alive and I felt so discouraged to not want to do this again I did I did and I actually wanted to get like one of these little um raised beds and stuff Mm-hmm. And I was gonna build it and get it built in March, and everything hit, so it didn't happen. So I had this plan actually. I had planned on doing this this year. This was the year that we were gonna get this done, and you know, it just so happened that you know, Corona hit. It's crazy. Right, right. Fister says she's a female. The lady. So. <laughs> <laughs> about safety nets so i know you're t- you spoke about your garden so jo- joanne if you see me moving in your backyard that's why that's why <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> you're better than me i have nothing well i have a mango tree and an avocado tree but the squirrels seem to be attacking the the little buds right now oh pests are my fears snakes are my fears they are my fears if you guys who have succeeded at this have any suggestions from keeping things such as snakes? I may be able to do anything else, but snakes, I don't know if I could, I don't think I could do them. How do you keep them away from your garden? Let, let us know. I would like to know this. My dad, my dad told me, cause we spoke about the cat before and you said you're not a cat person. I'm not a cat. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So he said mothballs. That's what my mom said. So, but I researched it online and online they were like, that's a, a myth or something. But my mom said, no, I put my mothballs all around my stuff. Huh, wow, interesting. So, I'm gonna try it regardless. Right, right. So let's talk about safety nets. So I think we've all reached to a consensus, you and I, and also everyone that's on this live that virus has forced us to make a safety net what i want to know is what does what is what you broke the safety what does your safety net look like for you i mean my safety net is depending on myself that's Mm -hmm. your it's it's being dependent on myself less dependent on everything else more dependent on myself i was telling my husband yesterday you know how in caribbean um families or society you know, the, they always say, 
engineers, doctors, lawyers, nurses, that's the degrees, that's who, who's who. And I was like, maybe these people had something going um, when they were going in that thing. Cause I'm like, if you have a nurse in your family right now, okay. um, you know, at your house, it's great because if somebody's feeling some kind of way, they feeling sick, they have some kind of symptoms and they don't want to go to the hospital to expose themselves even more. Someone with good, um, you know, nursing or medical knowledge, like, you know, a doctor or a nurse would be the perfect person to have around. If you need mm -hmm. something built right now, you know, an engineer minded person would be that kind of person to have, you mm -hmm. know, so these kind of fields would have been something to have good knowledge on. I mean, I have medical knowledge, but I'm nowhere near a doctor or even a nurse. You know, my husband, he's all tech minded and um, stuff like that. He's not Bob the Builder either. So, <laughs> so you know, for us, I feel like trying to get, um, be more de dependent on myself and less dependent on my environment and, Cause I can't, I can't control that. I can only control what's going on in this household. And I had to come to that mindset too. Cause I was having a lot of anxiety watching all these news briefings and yada yadas. I had to limit first, limit my br news briefings to reduce my anxiety. And I had to take my husband's advice on, you have no control over anything that's outside of this house. So if you keep thinking about it, it's going to affect you negatively. And, you know, that's not the way to go. So I had to start training my mind to only be, try to control what's in here and not what's out there. That is so true. I like the fact that you said, um, you know, depending on yourself, have y'all seen that show? And you guys can put it in the comment section, uh, Doomsday Preppers. Have y'all seen that show? I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard about it. So I watched the show one time and it was like basically raining that scale of one to 10, like how prepared you are for a natural disaster. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, as you were saying, Joanne, like, you know, if you're an engineer, then you can build this. If you're a doctor, you can build this. Um, Food Fit Dietitian says that she's heard of the show before. So I'm here thinking to myself, like, well, dog, Kim, like, you need to have a green, like basically do things that our cultural ancestors did. Like they were good in the garden. They were good building things by themselves. They were like good mechanics. They were like good on everything. Like right. Now, like we're relying so much on technology to continue to run our businesses because we have to social distance. But at the same time, I feel like my poor little hands can't do nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you know, I always say California. I have family in California. I always say California is a whole different country. From, yeah. the, from the mindset that they have. My family out there, I mean, they have that prepper mindset. Like they've been prepping for anything that may to, you know, may occur. So they, they, you know, they have knowledge in it. They, you know, they know what to do if this occurs. And us over here on the East Coast, we were very comfortable in the lifestyles that we were living. Um, uh -huh. And we didn't have that prepper mindset. And, you know, we call these people out on the West Coast tree huggers and whatnot, but they laughing at us now. That's true. They, they know how to survive. Yeah, they're survivalists. Couldn't tell. Like I used to always say to myself, "Oh, I'm gonna take like a survivalist class. I'm gonna go in the woods. I'm be able to say, okay, I can eat that berry and that one's poisonous." But at this point, I don't. I know I'm probably taking this thing like up by like a hundred. But I'm just like, well, you know, it, this it allowed me to see you never know what can happen to infrastructure and key infrastructure. Right when something like this happens. So it just right. allowed me to 
how dependent I am. And then hurricane season is coming. Storms are being projected. You guys know. Right. You guys know I'm in Florida and we be losing electricity like that. I so saw the projections. I'm just like, what is going okay. on? Right. Yeah. And I have a lot of family. I grew up in Florida, so I have a fam a lot of family out there. My mom, my brother, still out there in Florida. So I fear for that also. I mean, can you imagine going through hurricane season, social distancing, quarantining and all that? I mean, it's it's crazy. It is. It really is. Um, the last question I have is the food crisis. I'm not sure if you guys heard about the food crisis. So in Pahokee, Florida, which is actually not too far from where I live, it supplies the majority of vegetables for the United States. And because restaurants are closed, well, takeout and, and deliveries open, and because schools are closed, a lot of eggs are going to waste and milk and produce are going to waste. Like these oh. destroy their crops. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? Like, that's like real scary. Wow. So their crops have been destroyed. The farmers are destroying their crops because it's not being used. But why is it being used though? I mean, aren't we, is it, is it not being used because people, um, there's, there's not enough people to harvest? Is it not being used because there's not truckers to pick things up? It's not being used because no one's buying it anymore. So they're sending their produce to like the food shelters, but they're saying the problem with that is that the food shelters weren't designed to be storage places. Right. So they're like maxed to the brim and they can't accept anymore. So, you know, like when these farmers, like for instance, let's say they do like a corn crop. Corn is used in so many things. Corn oil for restaurants. Restaurants are closed. so. They're not ordering corn oil anymore. So then the demand is going down, but the supply is still high. Right. They're just saying that they're just destroying with tractors and they're smashing eggs and they're pouring milk down the drain. It's, yeah, it's scary. That is very, very scary. Soy Ashton mm -hmm. said that um, OMG food insecurity is going to rise and it is going to rise. I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I mean, if we think about even like people who are homeless or whatnot, um out here you know prior to this you know they they have been affected by this so much on on another level like you know you're telling these people they need to shelter in place and quarantine and they didn't even have a home or or food security going on so this is a whole different ball game for them and my heart goes out to um that community um because i don't even i'm not even quite sure what they're doing here in atlanta for the homeless population. But I do believe that food insecurities are going to rise all over the place if this doesn't, um, you know, get in control. The curve doesn't decrease as we've been trying to get it to decrease. I, I totally um, agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. And I, when I think of, you know, the homeless, I know the other day there were some initiatives going on in Orlando where your mom lives, um, some type of ministry joined forces with the city of Orlando and then Publix hopped on and they were basically saying that they had provided these people with like hand sanitizers and information on social distancing food so that they wouldn't have to pack up in the food centers. I even think one hotel, I'm, I don't want to say who it is, but allowed these homeless people to stay in their hotels in a room in an effort. To oh, that's awesome. And I'm just like, applause to you. Look at the community.
community getting together. That is awesome. That is really awesome. And then, you know, you also mentioned that, you know, your heart goes out to homeless individuals. And my mind automatically went to the disparities. The disparities seen, don't get me started. I know, Joanne, I see your face. Your face just, <laughs> your face just changed. The disparities of people being infected with the COVID-19 virus that are of color. Right. We can't that, win. You can't win. That we cannot win. And I mean, we... You know, when I say we cannot win, I, I don't want this thing to affect anybody, anybody's community. When I say we can't win is that we are always on the short end of the stick, I guess, when it comes to negatively being impacted. So I think we were having a discussion about this. What? Why do we think this is affecting us? And I'm going to let you, why do you think this is affecting us more, Kim? <laughs> Okay, putting all my conspiracy theories behind me. I think the black community, people of color, let me not even say the black community. The reason why I said the black community is because that's who I've been speaking to lately. I mm. think distrust of healthcare to begin with. And because there's this distrust of healthcare, you're not trusting the information that the news or the CDC may be giving to you. So right. I think time they may be socially distancing themselves from their friends but there's i've seen large family gatherings neighbor across the street large family gatherings you didn't snitch <laughs> i didn't snitch <laughs> i didn't snitch and i was and i realized too especially with the hispanic population they're used to having family around extended family members right. there's a few hispanic um one two there's two Hispanic neighbors of the one I was telling you across the street. There's two Hispanic neighbors that I have, and I'm realizing that they're still going on with their large family commun family gatherings. So I, I just think it's a distrust. Maybe it's it's disbelief. Maybe people think it's 5G. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of that. You know, I think what hit, hit us first is that in the beginning, the whole community, you saw it all over social media. People were saying that this is not affecting this is not a black virus it's not affecting the black folks mm. have y'all seen anybody who's black who has it that mm. was the questions people were throwing out in the beginning so mm. i feel like that kind of made people have the mindset that oh i'm black so this is not gonna bother me and i could be all out in this, these streets and it's not gonna affect me i think that's the first thing secondly i think that um as we've always discussed prior um to this situation this climate that we're in right now the um, comorbidities that black um, communities face. So we are at higher risk for hypertension. We're at higher risk for diabetes. We, we um, not only are we at higher risk for these um, issues, but we also are unaware of them when we actually should have been diagnosed with them because we're not going to the doctor because we don't have health insurance or because we are afraid of the um, medical, uh, the health system. So right. we're walking around with high blood pressure and hypertension. Two of the diseases where they're saying you're at higher risk for COVID-19 if you have, um, or a higher risk for it being worse for you if you have these conditions. So you have those situations. And then you have also the fact that um, a lot of the essential workers that are not, um, that are out here, I'm not even, I'm not even talking about the nurses and stuff. I'm talking about people who are your grocery store 
clerks, right, at least right. here in Atlanta, I don't know about you in Florida, but this is what I see here in Atlanta. A lot of them are the African-American communities that you see that are out here in, in the streets. And I saw pictures, and I don't know if these are correct or not, but I saw pictures of people in um, buses or whatnot early in the morning going to work um, as essential workers. The majority of them were African-American. So there's a lot of factors, I think, that are putting us at higher risk. I, I, I know they have not spoken about this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, Kim, mm -hmm. but I don't think there's any kind of genetic um, predisposition just because we yeah. are Black that is making us um, yeah. at higher risk for this. I think there are a lot of factors outside of that, and, and I think a lot of what I spoke before, I think, are some of the factors that are making us, you know, be more at risk. For, for dying because a lot of the people who have died they're saying are african americans mm -hmm. or more or people um from the black community i agree i agree i think there is a few statistics i think 70 percent of the individuals that are diagnosed with the covid 19 virus in chicago are african american is it no that's louisiana 70 percent and then in chicago it's like high too it's like greater than 50 percent yeah yeah so, I mean, these numbers to me, I'm just like, okay, when, when will we as a community begin to realize that there are steps that we do need to take? Right. To, you know, flatten the curve, as you mentioned. Right. Food for Dietitians, she says she agrees with us, with what we're saying. I mean, it's true. You know, I saw, um, I feel like it was out in LA. I'm not even quite sure. People were having parties. I mean, they, they have no no worries and, right. and i think some people some folks are not even watching news or keeping informed of what's mm -hmm. going on so the knowledge that they had in the beginning is probably still the knowledge that they have because they stressed to us so mm -hmm. much that the american population is at a low risk for this that's something mm -hmm. else that they stressed to us and i think that's you know has had a negative impact because they stretched stress to us so much that we had were at a low risk for it people were like yeah it's like the flu i'm not gonna catch this yeah like herd immunity yeah right food fit dietitian she brought up a great point she says many of the people of color don't have the luxury to work from home this further right. the risk that is so right true. that's the essential workers that's it's, that's it because i'm here thinking just taking a snapshot of my hospital like the surgery team is gone, and the surgery team is mostly made up of Caucasians. Um, nurses are having to rotate sh rotate shifts because the hospital census is low, but everybody in the kitchen and EVS is working. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So that, that is a great point. And they have to work because who's going to feed the, the hospital, the patients? So they exactly. have to. Yeah. Um, but they are, I mean, like my kitchen and my facilities, majority of them are African-American. So these people, they have to go into work. They are, they are essential. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And I know it could be also at times, like, you know, I always think of EVS. Um, you know, when you go in to clean that COVID-19 room, you know, are you properly gowning up? Are it right. do you know, I know, you know, your department tells you, you know, what you're supposed to wear, but are you aware if it's the correct N95 mask? Right. 
people wear if your mask fits properly or if you need a caper instead like for me my face is narrow so i need a caper those n95s don't help me whatsoever wow like you know do they have that knowledge that this is what's going on this is i'm hoping these people have been in service the environmental <laughs> service people i hope they have because my facility they they've done a pretty good job with in serving folks and you know making sure people are aware of what's what um i'm hoping everyone has been in service because you can't be going into these things blindly because again you're battling something that you can't even see you exactly like <laughs> your husband mike said that's true you can't and because you know it's something you can't see sometimes you may slip up on the precautions and you're like oh nope can't slip up really can't but do you you back my back oh okay yeah so perfect we are closing. So go ahead and close us out, Joanne, with a summation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, like Kim said earlier, COVID Corona has basically changed our, our trajectory of the podcast for the season, the rest of the season. And we had to bring to you guys the information that we thought was more, more valid at this time, because we have some good, great content that we've already recorded with some great, um, um, experts. So that will be for the next season. And we want you guys to be sure to look out for next season. So in the meantime, we're going to be gone. And when I say gone, we'll still be present. You'll see us on social media, but we won't be releasing any official content unless something occurs and we got to. <laughs> we're here to inform the people now. Um, but we won't be releasing any content for the next four weeks. And we'll be back after that with you with new content but in the meantime if you guys have any suggestions comments um that you want to make to us please dm us send us emails um and whatnot um be sure to tell your friends about our podcast and make sure you like comment share um so that we can get out there and be um and you know provide our knowledge and share our knowledge with people um but in the meantime we are going on a little hiatus just for the four weeks. Yeah, I need I need a break. I need a social. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, thanks, for in. thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.